This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports. All things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. are on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law joining you on your Saturday morning on the radio on AU100 Kicks 96.3 in Fox Sports Central Alabama or on the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law again with you. Jeremy, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing well, bud. How are you doing? You left me hanging with the fist bump. You didn't know what was going on. Well, I, thought, I have a mixer in front of me. I thought you were pointing at the mixer. I have uh, some audio off that needs to be on. Didn't know if you could hear. Because when I point, I totally have a closed fist. I was, I just, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just didn't know. It's like the ring. It was your ring hand too. Like normally, no people don't fist bump with their left I was, hand. I was green lantering. <laughs> it was kind of strange. And this is gonna be a strange show because there's uh, not a lot of SEC football this weekend. But there's still a lot of football. And it's a happy helping, I would say. Not as good as last week. Is it good? Where? Ohio State's not playing. Alabama's not playing. Auburn's not playing. Who's playing that we actually care about? Clemson. Are they still Trevor Lawrence-less? It's trap game Saturday in my mind. Miami, Virginia Tech. Miami's got a quiet existence still in the ACC title race. Notre Dame at Boston College, but I still think Notre Dame's going to cruise in that one. Arkansas at Florida, potential trap game for Florida after a big win over Georgia last week. Oregon at Washington State. Uh, It's a very, it's a very, Wisconsin at Michigan. I mean, there's trap games everywhere. Some of these high profile ranked teams are all on the road. Wisconsin at Michigan, like I said, Northwestern at Purdue. I don't think there will be, but I, I do think I do see the potential for it. A tidal wave of, of upsets could come uh, in, but it's coming from the guy who doesn't know how to pick games very well. He's lose, losing it. I'm this. only one behind. <laughs> All right, like you said, Auburn and Alabama, they're off again, and so are several other SEC teams as well. Tennessee, Texas A&M, another game that got canceled. Georgia, Missouri was the last one of the bunch. Um, COVID cases. Thanks, LSU. Um, SEC superlatives is what we're going to do here then. I believe earlier on in the year we did SEC superlatives after week one or at least a couple of them. We're going to do a one-week late mid-season edition for SEC superlatives here. And uh, I've got some favorites here, but we'll get started. And um, I know I've got an order on this sheet in front of you, Jeremy. We'll, we'll move around on it a little bit. Let's start off with most improved team in the SEC in your eyes this year so far. Most improved. And I think we're going to agree on this one. I think there's one clear choice here on most improved. Well, Arkansas is the most improved football team in the SEC, so which will also be your biggest surprise. Like, who has been a bigger – who? it's the same question, actually, because you can't – you would have never predicted that Sam Pittman, who has COVID (laughs) – would have Why this, is that funny? It's not funny, but <laughs> yeah, people are just catching COVID. <laughs> people are just catching COVID, and it's. I mean, at this point, come on, people. Are, I know there are some older. Some people are getting sick, and some people aren't. But these guys that are that have COVID that were canceling games for, they're just walking around like nothing's wrong with them. If you weren't testing, say what you want to, but the United States has more COVID positives because we're testing more than anybody in the entire world. I mean, you're testing these guys who you would never. T- they wouldn't go get it. You're not testing them for the flu every every Saturday because they're not if they don't have symptoms. So you're testing these guys, and you got Sam Pittman who has it, and you got a lot of games canceled this weekend. But to me, was back on topic now. Sam Pittman is the most Sam Sam Pittman's Arkansas Razorbacks, Will Big Suey, 
are the most they're the most improved team, and they come out with a win over Tennessee. Listen, Arkansas was on a three-year winless streak in the SEC, weren't they? I mean, two or three. They At went back to, to back-to-back years with no wins in the SEC. And then their losing streak dated back to the year prior. They were Rutgers. I mean, they were horrible. Yeah, they were Rutgers. And dude, they're they hung in there with Georgia for a while. They've beaten Tennessee. They've stuck around in a lot of ball games. A, a, a bad call away from beating Auburn. I mean, there's a good. That's a. They're a quality team right now, and they're they're a team that nobody can take lightly because if you do, you could be in a dog fight or a pig fight in the fourth quarter. Well, let me, and nobody wants to be in a fight with hogs. I mean, you know, I respect people who hog hunt. That's some dangerous stuff right there. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing where I want to be on a tailgate of a truck or something with a shotgun. I'm not messing with a, with no hogs or anything. You know how they, they kill hogs? I mean, night vision scopes. Yeah, I know. people that shoot them out of helicopters. Yeah. I mean, whoa. I ain't messing with that, you know. That's that's some, huge. That's some Lion King stuff right there. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that stampede, you know. But uh, Arkansas is not the most talented. They are not the flashiest. They are, they are not the most anything in this league other than their work ethic and how hard they play is through the roof, and, and they are bought into what their coach is selling them. I mean, you look at the coaches before them. You see how it ended with Bielema, and then you see how much Chad Morris was able to get out of his guys. Chad Morris wasn't able to get this much out of his guys ever, and this is the first year for Pittman, and he's been able to get this much out. And let me put this in perspective for you. There's only five teams in the SEC, five, only five teams in the SEC with a winning record. That's it. Everybody else either at 500 or below. And Arkansas is at 500. They are very close to being in that upper echelon. Do you hear me? Top half portion of the SEC in wins. That's crazy. They've got three more wins than anybody gave them credit for. So very impressed. Most improved by far. Look back a decade ago under Petrino. They're in in a bid for, you know, they were number two. When they played LSU in 2011, and then they, I think they lost, and Alabama was able to bump up. I mean, or they, they were like number three because they had lost Alabama. But they were right there in the mix of if they beat LSU, they could have found their way into a national title game. Yeah, so good. That was, so they're not that far off from being one of the top teams in the country, and they're playing well. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I, I grew up with Arkansas being like, Really good football. Yeah, they were good. I mean, like every year. Darren McFadden yeah. rolling into um, oh, their quarterback that played in the NFL for a little bit. They got drafted the same year as Cam Newton. I mean, they were even a top 25 team. You're talking about Ryan Mallett. Yeah. They were even a top 25 team in 2015 yep. when Auburn spanked them like 56 to 3 or whatever it was. The first I mean, couple they, years recently. Bill Amo's first year wasn't bad. No. I mean, he was taking over for John L. Smith, who was taking over for Bobby Petrino and. But it just looks like Sam Pittman is a guy that you need at an Arkansas. A guy to play for. When you had Chad Morris there, you come out, you try to run the spread, and you get smoked, and your defense is on the field for you know 40 minutes a game. It's just not a recipe for winning if you're not scoring points in that process, and they weren't. So, And I think Felipe Franks is a guy that those Razorbacks want to get behind. He may have had some things at Florida that kind of made you scratch your head. Like, I'm thinking back to last year's Miami game. Still not game. good, but... But I, I think he's a guy that they want to get behind. Like I, I think he's a, I think he's got his team behind him. Just something about his plays got them. But you mentioned biggest surprise, and so yours is Arkansas, right? Well, now you give yours, and I'll see if I agree. A and M, I think, is a is a big surprise to me, and I think they may end up being one of the biggest surprises in all of college football. While yes, they had expectations, I didn't have this big expectations for them. But what's so much so, the biggest surprise for me about A and M is. 
we could have two SEC teams in the playoff, and A&M could be that second team. A&M is probably the second best team in the SEC if you give a lot of credence to the fact that, of how they beat Florida and when they beat Florida. Well, if they went out, they are the, they would. I know Florida's in the East, and they and then A&M wouldn't be in Atlanta. Right. But they'd be the second best team in the SEC because of a head to head over the SEC's champion. Now I had I had Texas A and M finish second finishing second in the West when this year started. You had Auburn. Um, that's not going to happen now. Most still likely. possible. Still possible. If Auburn but beats A M, they do. I don't think Auburn can beat Texas A and M though. This isn't a they can't win. But I just Texas A and M. Texas A and M is a good football team. Like you watch what Florida did to Georgia, and you ask yourself, dude, how did Texas A and M beat these guys? I mean, you really do ask yourself, like. How people put so much stock into Texas A&M's loss against Alabama, saying this team's just same old Texas A&M. They continue to play early it's in the season, and then it was how they got beat. But Alabama's doing that to everybody right yeah. now, and then did it to Georgia. They turn around and they beat Florida, and Florida handles Georgia a little bit too. So, to me, I think Arkansas is still my biggest surprise. They'll get two uh, from me in this category. I won't say Arkansas every time. Don't worry. But I think Texas A&M is just, to me, it's not a surprise. It's like they had the potential to do it. Would they do it? And when It's almost c- surprising that they did do it, though. Well, and, and they're getting, uh, all the, I thought they needed just average to above average Kellen Mond in every game. And he just can't play one of those Kellen Mond head scratcher games. And he really hasn't played one of those outside of yeah. one game. I've been very impressed with Kellen Mond and Texas A&M. I mean, it's his best year by far, and A&M is bucking the trend of teams that get super experienced but still don't pan out because experience isn't everything. Like, A&M's experience has actually turned into fruit. You look at Tennessee's experience, it's same old Tennessee, or it has regressed, looking at two and four, and we'll get to them in a little bit, but... Texas A&M is more of a, a surprise to me when I'm looking at it through the lens of these guys are may make the playoff. Now, what happened with Notre Dame and Clemson, I still stand by what I said last week on the show. I think Notre Dame is in a very good position to make the playoff if they lose the ACC championship by even small margins. Like, if, if Notre Dame wins the ACC championship, they're in. But the scenario that we're looking at at the end of the year, follow me here. One loss, Notre Dame loses by three in the ACC title game to Clemson, something like that. A&M wins out their one loss. Their only loss is blowout to Alabama. Um, you look at, um, and their best wins are going to be against Florida and Auburn. BYU, Cincinnati both go undefeated, and then let's say one Pac-12 team goes undefeated. Well, I think you I think you weigh the Pac-12 team as the best of them versus the two undefeated group of five. So now you've Pac- got undefeated Pac-12 champs. I don't think they're getting in this year, though. I and, s- and I don't think they are either. I think you compare then the undefeated Pac-12 champ then to the two one-loss teams. I think that's where you lose them. And then you've got Notre Dame and Texas A&M in the conversation now. And you have to decide, well, is second-best team in the SEC who beat Florida and Auburn more valuable than Notre Dame's one win over Clemson? That's what you have to weigh here. And that that's interesting. Notre I mean, that's Dame's, a hard discussion. Notre Dame's... F- in your scenario, touchdown or less loss to Clemson in the ACC title game would be... I think they get in. Would be better than A&M's blowout loss at Alabama. But you also got to realize Bama's And they have the best win. Bama's blowing everybody out. Now, is, is Clemson's... Is Notre Dame's win over Clemson any better than A&M's win over Florida? Florida's, a, what, number four right now? I think it is. So, How? How? I mean, what, what, why would you say that? They both have one Clemson's loss right now. I think Clemson's better than Florida. I think if Clemson and Florida play, I think Clemson wins. Yeah, but they both have one loss. They're both top four teams. Sure. Florida's number – is Florida not number four right now? They are six. Florida's six. After beating 
Georgia. They're still yeah, six. Yeah, they're six. A&M's five. So, okay. Sorry. And Clemson's four. Okay, so A&M, the only reason they're ahead of Florida is because they, they beat, them. beat them. I mean, the, the, to me, it's A&M beats Auburn and Florida. Their only losses to Alabama. They've run the table since then. That's better than Notre Dame's singular win versus Clemson on a neutral field. They got him at home the first time, and then I mean, so I don't think I just don't. It's I, hard. I don't think Notre Dame is just in because they beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence in the regular season. Sure, I, I understand that. I'm just saying, but you're illustrating my point though. The fact that we're having to discuss about this is like how close these margins are. Typically, at the end of the year, all of this is taken care of. Like typically at this point in the season, when when you know as talk talking heads start talking about this stuff way too early like we are right now, we'll say, somebody will say the generic line, well, it'll all take care of itself. This year, it's not going to take care of itself because of the nature of the schedule. Cincinnati and BYU aren't undefeated at this point. Both both two group of five teams aren't undefeated at this point every year. You know, it Well, just they would have happen. normally played somebody exactly. else. I mean, so they're and they not undefeated. they would have took an L. Yeah, and so... And Pac-12 team ain't going to be undefeated at this point. And then, and then Notre Dame's going to have played a much more difficult schedule, and they're probably adding another loss in, well, Notre in Dame SEC playing, school as well. Notre Dame playing an ACC schedule right now is a cupcake compared to what they, they normally do. Traveling all over the country, they're, I mean, just left and right, left and right, USC, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, playing teams everywhere. That's fair. I just don't believe that Notre Dame's one win over Clemson is enough to say they're in. Especially if they lose to Clemson and Trevor Lawrence the second time on a neutral field when it was a very close game at home. At the, to begin with, yeah. It, it's got to be a close loss when it comes down to it. It's got to be a close loss. I think Texas A&M could beat Notre Dame. I think, it's, I think I'm with you. Now, this Notre Dame team does look different. Just the way they went out and won that game is Clemson good? different to me. Is Clemson just like, wow, this is a great team. Who has Clemson beaten? Nobody. Go. Nobody. No. Miami. Miami's it. Yeah. Boston College is it. Oh. Come on now. I know they haven't beaten anybody. I know they haven't beaten anybody. They no. haven't played anybody. They haven't beaten anybody. Alabama has beaten Texas A&M and Georgia. Texas A&M has beaten Florida. Texas A&M would beat Georgia if they played them, and Georgia's still one of the top defenses in the country. It, it, uh, no, listen, these, the, the ACC is getting a lot of clout because of Clemson right now, and I just don't really buy it. Cle, Clemson's going to finish the regular season with a win over Miami. Okay. It's very possible. That's it. Yeah. North Carolina. No, they don't play North Carolina. Ohio State may not even f- play more than five games. Are they going to let them in? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Next category, most likely, most likely to succeed is obviously Alabama. I mean, Alabama's the number one team in the country. I think they're, I think they're in my it, mind, I'm, I'm getting ready to lock them as my national championship team. Like, I think they're going to win the Natty this year. I don't, I don't think there's I anybody. I think so, too. I think that this is every year, every week it gets in, and they haven't played in two weeks, but every week as I look around college football, it becomes more and more evident to me. Like, Ohio State was the only other team now that I've watched Clemson fall. Ohio State was the only other team where I'm like, yeah, th- this team we know has the talent to, but their defense has not played well at all. Th- their defense is a shadow of what it used to be. They're giving up more than 20 points a game. They're giving up over 400 yards on that side of the ball. I mean, they, they are not as effective – defensively and you have to have an elite defense to only hope to contain Alabama's offense and Alabama's defense now I think is moving into the upper echelon category in college football is one of the best defenses in college football with the way they've been playing before this two-week hiatus or three weeks by the time that they play again and too bad we won't get to see them against a decent offense if Miles Brennan was quarterback. Now, they, they need to back this SEC question. title game up and make LSU play us. 
Make them plays. <laughs> Make them plays. Let's move to a different category then. Most similar to a Big 12 school. A lot of people giving the SEC Ole Miss. hatred. Ole Miss, great answer. Next. I think if you take, you know, the if you get the Scooby-Doo in the gang in here and you take the the hat off of Ole Miss, you find Texas Tech Red Raider. I think that's what I think that's what you get. No right. defense and all offense. Yeah, two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. Yeah, one of those. Most accident-prone team in this league. Mississippi State. That's right. Are we going to agree on all these? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, well, these categories fit. I mean, I mean, Mississippi State's over here like the Tasmanian uh, devil. Like, <laughs> Could you say Georgia's most accident-prone? Horrible. A lot of turnovers. Turned the ball over a lot in two of their biggest games. Lost them both. You could say Auburn's accident-prone. Uh, they just have gotten help from the officials, according uh, to you. <laughs> it's not according to me. I mean, national everybody, national man. writers are writing stories about it at this point. It's just not It's just <laughs> how Alabama fans cussing in their backyard on a Saturday afternoon. It, it's a real thing. I think Mississippi State, because they've got the most turnovers in this league, Who's, almost in the whole country. Do you know that? Almost in the whole country. Their, their quarterback had like six touchdowns and 12 picks. Like, come on. Bye bye. One Dick of your, Costello. one of your. It looked great after week one, man. Uh, tell me before you went into the year. I want to. I wish I had a playback button of Noah Gardner. He has a poster of Costello in his room. He has some purple candles that smell like bulldog incense going up in the air. He's bowing down. He's worse. KJ Costello is going to take this Mike Leach offense. It's going to look like Dak Prescott all over again. It's going to be like Dan Mullen never left, and now they suck. And you were all on this train. I'm not a part of a, some weird KJ Costello cult. You sounded like it, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was, in July and August. I just thought he was a top three quarterback in our league, and now he's, he's not, a bottom three quarterback in our league. Yeah, he's horrible. It wasn't, I mean, well, you were wrong on two of them. You had Bo Nix and KJ Costello in your top three, and that's. Yeah. Did, I, did I have Bo Nix? Yeah, you did. You had Trask. You had, you had, you told me that you would take Bo Nix over Mac Jones and all these I other guys. I would take Bo Nix over Mac Jones. Still? No, not still. Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. I want to take Bo Nix over KJ I would love Costello. to see what Mac Jones, though, looks like in the Auburn offense. I mean, I can't help you. Probably your, look horrible. You know, I would I would trade ROC for your DC right now, and we'd still win. Huh? Repeat that. I would trade Sark for Kevin Steele. And Kevin Steele calls the offense? I would trade coordinators with you all day. I would take Chad Morris and Kevin Steele. You take Sark and Pete Golding. And Alabama still wins a national title. Hey, players are going to play, right? Last one, most deteriorated. Who has fallen apart? Just oh my, Jimmy Pruitt, Tennessee. Is, yes, yeah. Have you this Ugly. buzz? It's, you know when the Gus Buzz crashes, they have a NASCAR pit crew come in and fix that thing up. But it's back on the it's we, back, we going, baby. It's back on the road in a couple of hours. Auburn's back, baby. This Tennessee, <laughs> they were on vacation in the old minivan. It broke down, and now they had to get a rental car. That thing is they are broken. I know they're walking with their thumbs. They're out still walking. Yeah. Because that, 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 listen, Tennessee bus is in the shop, baby. And, and it's going to be a while. Radiator exploded. Jeremy, I'm ready to open. go ahead and say it. Jeremy Pruitt's not the answer. Jeremy Pruitt's the Alabama defensive coordinator next year. I don't think he gets fired this year. I think they give him one more you, year. You have, listen, it's year three. You, you are now no longer going to recruit. You can't sell hope and promise. You know what, I just Gus wonder is, if they bring in this class that they've... You, quote got right now like do they do they bring these commits in or do, if they fire them do they lose those guys Every, that's what i want to know who, yeah, yeah but the, the, at that point you just your guy you, the players are there now the players are there they are on campus you have guys who have been playing in a jeremy pruitt system for three years now 
and you see nothing. If anything, they've gotten worse. What Gus Malzahn has been able to do to me is pretty astounding. Every every third year, he can sell to a recruit. Hey, we're 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 on the up and up right now. Come be a part of it. Jeremy Pruitt sold that for two years, and he's got Henry Towo Towo and all these other guys, and, and they are awful. They're bad. It's all because of the quarterback position. No, that quarterback didn't give up fifty to Bama. Sorry, it didn't happen. I mean, the quarterback didn't. The quarterback didn't lose to Arkansas. Also scored seventeen points though. I mean, didn't do much to help his defense out at all. I'm just saying they go hand in hand. They, they do go hand in hand, but this mm-hmm. you're not getting you're not scoring. You're getting scored on. I said it last week. But at some point, you got to say, it's, it's, it's the whole thing. It's not just Garantano. Garantano goes into every game knowing. Maybe it's the program. I got to score 40. Maybe it's the program. You just got to get the right guy. And where did they go? And, and how much culpability does Philip Fulmer receive for this? This is how, this is what happens when you hire a guy that you think. They hired Jimmy Pruitt to hurt Alabama. And what happens? They suck and Alabama's still Alabama. I mean, it's what happened. Philip Fulmer thought he'd take a jab, take our D.C., Thought he could be a good head coach. He was going to win-win, hurt Bama, help his program, and all he's done is just hurt his program. No, it did hurt Bama. Don't get me wrong. but Only only marginally. They've still been to the playoff. They've been fine. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they, they would have won. I think they with Pruitt, they probably could have won an last couple. They would have been. Last year, they probably would have been in the playoff with Pruitt. That's fair. The year before that, they wouldn't have been blown out by Clemson, but, you know, it is what it is. That's it for our SEC superlatives. When we come back on the other side of this break here on On the Line, we've got Speed Round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law back with you in just a moment. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. You're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. Back on On the Line on AU100, Kicks 96.3 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you. It's time for Speed Round, brought to you by the Brown Insurance Agency. Life is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Jeremy, same rules as always. This week, we've got five questions, and we're going to spend about two to three minutes on each of them. You ready to go? Let's get it. Question number one, and we talked about this a little bit in the first segment. Do you view Notre Dame differently after beating Clemson? Yes, I do view them differently, but I still don't think that changes the fact that they're going to have to still – the winner of the ACC is going to get into the playoff, and then the other one is going to be on the backside of this. So you believe it's more likely the SEC gets two teams in rather than the ACC? I'm not – because that's pretty much the what we're talking about here. Well, I mean, you have SEC, ACC, Big Ten if they play enough games. And so I, th- I really think Cincy and the BYU are in this thing. Really? I do. I, I just don't see a scenario where those teams get in. I think there's got to be, like, mass losses all over the place. I think you. I would rather for the playoff see a one-loss team get in from, like, Notre Dame or Texas A&M rather than BYU I think Texas A&M would be just as deserving. Sure. I'm with you. I view Notre Dame differently because they finally won the big one. 
It felt different. Something about Saturday night felt different. It was a home game against a backup quarterback. So, And also kind of like felt like they were going to win. Like I never lost doubt. Or I never got – I never had doubt that Notre Dame was going to close out. Like something about it's, that just – What are you going to do if Clemson wins by 17-plus in in um, the ACC title game? Do you change your mind or do you think they're both getting in? Oh, I'm not talking about that. I was just saying something – I view Notre Dame Well, it's just the next question. You still, it's like literally the next question. Oh, okay. Well, we'll go to question number two then. <laughs> <laughs> One loss, Notre Dame. One loss, Texas A&M, undefeated Pac-12 champ, undefeated Cincinnati, and undefeated BYU. So all those are the teams in this scenario. Who is your fourth team in the playoff spot of that group? So once again, one loss, Notre Dame, one loss, Texas A&M, undefeated Pac-12 champ, undefeated Cincinnati, and undefeated BYU. Well, I mean, you look at it, and does this include a one-loss Clemson and a undefeated Alabama? And I mean, does Alabama? Just, well, the uh, idea here is that Clemson beat Notre Dame and that they're in. Yeah, thank so you. next time, write it on the paper. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I still, it's, it's going to be a toss-up, but I think A and M would be just as deserving to get in after you see Clemson come back and beat Notre Dame with a fully healthy team. I think Texas A and M would be there. Would be sitting there with wins over Auburn, who will be a top twenty-five team at the end of the year, and top in the SEC East champion, Florida Gators. Who? What if? What if Florida beats Alabama? It's, I'm here for it. But the, I'm not saying if you you would root for it or not. But if Florida beats Alabama, Texas A&M has a win over those guys. That looks better. That just dissolves the Alabama loss in this scenario. Now Texas A&M has a win over a college football playoff team, just like Notre Dame does. But then you have to put Alabama in because of how bad Alabama beat Texas A&M. Alabama's going to be in no matter yeah, what. Yeah, Alabama's locked, I think. Alabama's point, in. Unless they lose to Auburn or if something. Alabama loses, if Alabama loses to Auburn and beats Florida, they're in. If Alabama loses to it loses. I mean, they could lose two if games. If they lose to not. Florida after beating Auburn, they're in. Alabama's, if Alabama's undefeated regular season, going into Atlanta, they're in the, they're in the college football playoff. In this scenario... The only way I see Notre Dame getting in is if they lost by, like, three or a touchdown or something. It's how they lose to Clemson. And my reasoning for that is that drives ambiguity, okay? If they came so close to beating Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, you can then say, okay, well, I guess five times out of ten, Notre Dame beats Clemson, and then the other five times, Clemson beats Notre Dame. If you're talking about Clemson still as, you know, the number two, number three team in the country, and you see that Notre Dame's barely that far behind them, then you could say, okay, yeah, I guess Notre Dame's the fourth best team in the country when you see how far behind A&M was from Alabama. But I love your scenario of Alabama losing to Florida because that really makes this chaotic. I would love to see just all teams, one loss except for Ohio State. Ohio State ends up being the number one team in the country, and they're really not the number one team in the country. And then you got to sift through the garbage. I'm telling you, man, I don't think Ohio State's going to play enough games to get in this. The Big Ten is a mess right now, and they played – Imagine being so dumb in coronavirus era. You you schedule nine games in nine weeks. That's not happening. You're done. They're trying to get back in on the action. All right, question number three. Speaking of the Big Ten, have you lost faith in Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? Yeah. Not that you had a lot of faith in him, but I mean, have, we at least knew he was a good coach. I thought he was a good coach. And, you know, I put him in that Gus Malzahn category. He's not even in that category anymore. I put him in that top tier, second tier, third tier and top 25 coach is still like my third tier right there, top 15 to 25 I don't even think he's right there anymore, there's so many brilliant young minds in football that are doing so many things and Jim Harbaugh is not one of them, they're there he's living in 1990 
to the bone. <laughs> Khakis. I hate it because I was so in love with Jim Harbaugh to Michigan. I like Jim Harbaugh. I'm an oddity in this area because I know he took a lot of shots at the Southeast and the SEC early on in his career at Michigan. But he really gave up some of the weird, quirky stuff that he was doing at the beginning. I mean, when was the last time you heard you him like do stuff like this? sleeping in the yes. bed with a kicker or yes. in his bedroom? Yes. Dude, Having a sleepover. I don't think he slept in the bed. I think, I I think it's a sleepover. Listen, you sleep in a 17-year-old's room that's not your kid. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's freaking weird. It's he, a little weird. He made a pallet on the floor. I mean, come on, a pallet? When's the last time you made a pallet? You're probably seven. I don't know what that is. Make a pallet on the floor, like some blankets and some pillows behind you. Just watch a movie on the floor. That's weird. You've never done that? No, no. I I mean, I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that. dude, he had That's to. Weird. He he slept in a kid's room. A kicker. He's not even like the best, not even a quarterback. I like sleep with the quarterback in, in the room with the quarterback. I go back to what I was saying, though. Um, what do you think he did for Shea Patterson? He, he, has, he did that for a kicker. He stopped. <laughs> he stopped doing quirky stuff, and I liked the guy a lot. He was great at Stanford. He was great in the NFL. He's great. He was great for Michigan. How was he great in the? I mean, he did make a Super Bowl. I know, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that team was abysmal before he got there. Whew. He got him there with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. I mean, come on. And so, the, the, I, I liked the Jim Harbaugh thing a lot. And also, college football's better. When Michigan is good, nah, I don't. They're so it's been so long since they've been a. They listen. They haven't won a national title since the fifties. When has Michigan just been good? I'm just saying, like college football is better when traditional teams are good, and Michigan is a traditional I, team. I don't think Texas, Oklahoma. We want those two teams yeah, to be good yeah. for the rivalry. In the last be forty years, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, USC, Michigan was going to BCS. These, these guys. Bowls. Have, New Year's Day Bowls. Miami, those teams. Dude, Michigan is... You know Michigan carries a lot of clout in the college football community. They do, but... Name-wise. That's okay, but they're not traditionally a good team. Traditionally better than Auburn, I'd say, but yeah, we need to go ahead and move on. I think Auburn carries more clout right now than than Michigan. I would agree with that. What traditional college football power, then, that is down, do you wish was good? USC. Yes, I can't believe. God, it. I hate you. I at the same time. USC. I just. You remember? Man. I was a youngster, and you were a very youngster during the Bush push and all that. But I remember, like, I was. They showed the Bush push. It was, was the like anniversary. I, I told my dad. I mean, I'm 11 years old or 10 years old when it happens. Like, Dave, remember when we watched that game? Yeah, it was that my, we we're at our grandma's house watching on some small box TV back in 05. I mean, I remember exactly where I was when the Bush push happened. Better names in those green uniforms. I mean, didn't see it live. I did. I was too young. You're barely care. alive, but oh, they're the I'm team. They're barely alive. I just think that, that was, what, <laughs> you're 23? Yeah. Yeah, you had two-thirds of your life ago. That well, is done. crazy. Yeah. Those are the types uh, of things me, that USC, make you very aware of your US, own existence. USC, with, the Pac-12 without USC is nothing. I mean, I get Oregon can be good. It, when, it's kind of like it when it's not as fun. It's like if Auburn's good in the SEC. It's not the same. Nobody else is. So, like. 04 through 07, it was pretty rough for you. <laughs> not, no, not just Alabama, but Georgia being good in the SEC makes the SEC fun. Yes. Like Auburn, too, and Florida, and Tennessee. Uh, and Florida, and Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee, Texas are my other teams that I would add to this. Uh, I, Tennessee makes the SEC a lot better because third Saturday in October, y'all need some competition. Like if Texas A&M was the only good, like if Texas A&M was just real good in the SEC, 
Okay. That I, doesn't really do it for you. Can I make a motion for Alabama to play Florida every year on the third Saturday in October instead of Tennessee? Well, you know, nobody was mad 25 years ago when Tennessee had a nine-game winning streak. Correct. Not, and and uh, that's why I'm saying that's my reasoning for why it makes it better, the league better, if there's if somebody can actually compete with Alabama on that game. Because Auburn and Georgia playing every year, and it's a pretty good football game. And Auburn and Alabama are playing every year. Auburn's in the center of every great rivalry in our league. It's just we need Tennessee just trying to step it up on the other side. No, this is all, traditionally it's just been a one-sided rivalry, though. Like, they, this is a rivalry of streaks, and Alabama's on 15 right now, right? 15? 14? 5,000 days. Se- oh, seven, <laughs> eight. No, uh, se- you, you need to go to the next one. Last question here. Our teams aren't playing again this Saturday. What's the plan, dog? What are we doing? 14. Well, I have a girls' basketball game tonight at Sulacaga High School. That'll be fun. Alabama's not playing, so it didn't, like, dagger me too hard. So, it's either that or probably remodel the house. I'm going to go at least go watch some type of free basketball tonight. No war zone? Where are we dropping? I mean, we'll play Call of Duty tonight. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. With the girls' games at five, I'll be nice and nestled in my man cave, blanket over me, snug, snuggy, you know, hands sticking out. Where are we dropping on the scab? You know, things that nobody listening right now talk know about. But hey, you know, well, uh, there's nothing else to do. When Alabama's not playing, it is a. <sighs> or when Auburn's not playing, it's a. <sighs> there's not. What are you I'm do? decorating for Christmas. Play some Warzone. Take it easy. Take it very easy. I'm trying to think about what my wife's doing today. Uh, well, if you're decorating for Christmas and she's not, then we know who's in charge of that house. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know what she's doing. She better be out there lifting some boxes, oh. getting them out of the attic. She's working a wedding. I just remembered that. What she's do you mean she's working? Is she getting remarried? No. I don't blame her. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Hit it. That does it for Speed Round, brought to you by the Brown Insurance Agency. Live is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you are fully protected. Call Lance Brown, Allstate, at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Game picks on the other side of this break. I'm down by one again. We'll see you on the other side of this break. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Wrapping up the show here on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you. Game predictions coming your way. We just had Speed Round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Talked in the first segment about SEC superlatives, if you miss those on the radio on AU100, Kicks 96.3, and Fox Sports Central Alabama, you can head over to the audio podcast that is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, uh, all the major podcasting locations right there. You can go and find it however you want to listen to it. We got it right there. Wrapping up the show once again here with game predictions. I fell behind last week. We were tied going into last week. You went 7-2. I went 6-3. and three. The only game that we picked differently on was West Virginia and Texas, and I was wrong. 
West Virginia did hold it close, though, and it went about the way that I thought it would. West Virginia just didn't find the points to win the ball game. So that was the difference last week. I went six and three. You went seven and two. I'm at forty nine and twenty seven overall. We should look at the sheet, though. We should probably be getting on some betting boards and some gambling boards because I doubt many people are literally sitting there at sixty six to seventy percent. I kind of wonder, though, like on the push games, though. You know, like the ones that are really close, like yeah. the West Virginia, Texas. Is how are we doing? I'm doing. I'm doing better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Only by a game. That's right. Oh. You're 50 and 26. I'm 49 and 27. I mean, I was considering. You know what? That's excellent. A lot of our games to be push games. That's fair. All right, here we go. Number nine, Miami at Virginia Tech, 11 a.m. ESPN two. I think one of the push games of the weekend. Actually, sleepy. I want Miami to lose just so we can stop saying Clemson beat Miami. But Virginia Tech just had a bad loss, didn't they? Didn't they just lose? Just lost to Liberty. Yeah. A ranked Liberty team. Come on, Virginia Tech wasn't ranked. Liberty was. Yeah, but kind of. <laughs> that that would have been an upset if Virginia Tech beat them. <laughs> Is that I'm not sorry, wild? man, but they. They wanted more Hugh Freeze, too. Did you see he got an extension through yeah. 2026? Yeah, Malik Willis is better than Bo Nix. There, were reports, there were reports that Hugh Freeze, and we don't have a dollar amount yet, but there are reports that Hugh Freeze is in, like, the top, like, third of college coaches, right? or not top third, Private top three ball, or baby. something like that. Of like, Listen, yeah, and I agree. Yeah, I think Miami wins this game, though. I think so, too. And Virginia Tech's star running back, Khalil Herbert, it's a question about whether or not he'll play. That guy's averaging over eight yards a carry. Over eight yards a carry. How's this guy not on the Heisman race? Because yeah, quarterbacks are putting up absurd better numbers. Than, better than Tank Bixby. Better than, you know, Nick Chubb. I thought, I, thought, I thought Tank Bixby was... Didn't he just get drafted <laughs> in the pre-NFL draft? <laughs> he just breaks 40 tackles per play. Virginia Tech's defense is awful. They're Bad. giving up over 30 a game. I like Miami in this one, too. But I, I still... They're quiet. Like, they've got this quiet existence in the title race. They're not... They're not Overly relevant. I mean, a one-loss team, and they're ranked ninth. They're not overly relevant, um, but I like Miami as well. Number two, Notre Dame at Boston College, two thirty p.m. ABC. This is traditionally kind of a letdown or a, a trap game for them. Last two times Notre Dame has beaten a number one team, they've lost the next week. This got scary. Yeah, this got scary on all the line. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna pick this upset, Boston College, a player two away. Five and three from Could beating have been Clemson two with a win over team. Clemson. Clemson is one of those teams right now that they're just cutting to close to. So I really don't know if Clemson is what we thought they were. And Notre Dame may beat them again. That would eliminate Clemson from the race and kill everything that we talked about this entire show. Did uh, Notre Dame? Do you know the team, name though. of this? Do you know the name of this game? This is a rivalry game. Do you know the since name since when? It's always been a rivalry. They play game. every year. No. Okay, it's not a rivalry. They've only played like twenty four meetings, but it's called the Holy War. It's actually got a name. It's called the Holy War. They how many Holy Wars are there? When in there's like. I don't know. They're it's called the Holy War. War. I think they're one of two. If What's not holy the only about two. this war? Well, they're they're one of two, if not the only two, that are like Catholic universities in FBS football. Boston College is a Catholic school, huh? Yeah. Huh. And so and that's no why idea. it's called the Holy War. You know no. when they play a game at Boston College, it always looks like it's like raining or about to rain. There's always some fog in the air. How old do you feel now that Matt Ryan is like, like he was Boston College grad in the late 2000s? Late 2000s. I thought he was like 06. Uh, I guess I, I felt like he went all the way up to like 08. He's a, he's a 14. He's like 14 years in the league right now. Gosh, that makes me feel this old. Cam graduated in 10. Yeah. I mean, that just makes me feel old. But yeah, so Matt Ryan, Boston College guy. I'm taking Notre Dame in this one. Typically, this is the kind of game where I would view as a trap game on the road for a Notre Dame team that would have been lulled to sleep by now by a mediocre schedule. But 
I think that they're something different about this team. Like, I could really see these guys being in the playoff, and I could see them making the national championship. I think that Ohio State and Clemson are very beatable opponents, and whoever that fourth team is, Notre Dame's going to be better than. So I think this Notre Dame team very well. We could be looking at an Alabama-Notre Dame rematch in the national championship that Alabama would skewer Notre Dame in. I really am beginning to wonder how much competition out there really is for the Crimson Tide. Game number three here, number 20 USC at Arizona, 2.30 p.m. Fox. Arizona didn't play last week because the Arizona-Utah game was canceled. Uh, Pac-12 dealing with some major issues as well, or were dealing with it with issues last week. It's a little bit cleaner of a slate this week. Once again, 20 USC at Arizona. Who you got? USC. Uh, I, I'm, I don't believe in Clay Helton. I do believe in Slovis. I do think that they're just they're, – listen, they have to go nowhere to get talent. And they should. There should never be a time where USC is not a top twenty. You see, they team. were like fortieth in recruiting rankings recently. What about last year? Eighty second. Yeah, I mean that's horrible. I don't. How do you miss out on some of these LA guys? I mean, I would want to go to USC if I was out there, but USC, I think, is going to win this one, and it may very well be the, by the skin of their teeth. I think the line the last time I looked at it was by fourteen for USC, but it wasn't overly impressive of a showing against Arizona State. Scored two touchdowns in the last three minutes to come back and beat the Sun Devils. And that doesn't necessarily shout, you know, great performance for me on offense for them when you look at the fact that they had 14 points for 57 minutes of the ball game. That, that doesn't shout a complete performance. So the question is, can they put a complete performance on the board? But this is, this is I think, a no-brainer for me just because of Keaton Slovis and, and how he's able to throw the football. So I'm with you there. Arkansas at number six, Florida, 6 p.m. ESPN. And will we pick differently than the, this week? I mean, on this game? No, just period. Oh, I was like, what? If you're not, I would love for you to pick Arkansas. I'd love to pick them. So Arkansas can keep this game close. A big win for Florida. Dan Mullen teams traditionally don't really, I, to me, it's like they get a big win and they really do go to sleep. They're not used to winning. But Florida's, a, I just don't know how Arkansas is going to stop these guys from scoring because Kyle Trask is clearly in the Heisman race right now. I would take Arkansas on the points, possibly, not to win this game, but to the storyline that we've got to account for here is that Felipe Franks is returning to his former school and his guys are going to not only play hard for Sam Pittman because their coach has coronavirus, you know, and won't be coaching in this game. They're going to be playing hard for their coach. They're also going to be playing hard for the quarterback. Like there's a lot of motivation here for Arkansas going into this game. So I think they will play Florida tough, but at the end of the day, I think the better talent's going to win out. But I don't know if you just said that this or not, but this kind of feels like the kind of game that Florida would fall victim to in recent years that they'd win the big one and then trip up here and, of course, bring Georgia right back into the race. But it's all but closed now that Florida beat Georgia. They should win the SEC East because they'll have that tiebreaker over Georgia as well as long as they don't fall to anyone else left on their schedule. But I'll take Florida as well on this one. Number 11, Oregon at Washington State, 6 p.m. Fox. It's a new era at Wazoo. They had more rushing yards last week than they had passing yards. Yeah, Jimmy Lake is the head coach now, which is kind of shows you why he never took any of those bigger D.C. jobs that he was being offered his last three years at Washington State. Um now, I like Jimmy Lake. I think if he could keep the kind of the Chris Peterson thing going. They'll be good for a couple years. They'll sink back down. They'll recover. They'll play well. This Cristobal's got it going right now. I mean, they lose Herbert. They've had to replace a lot of guys on the offensive line, but I still like Cristobal. They've recruited well. Uh, give me Oregon in this game. And I think they get better this week than they were last week. Last week, I think Wait, they is had- it Washington State or Washington? It's Washington State. Oh, I, was, I just said all that stuff about Jimmy Lake, and he's at Washington? Yeah, I was kind of like, that well, doesn't make any sense. I'm so sorry, everybody. I... I don't have my glasses on. Sorry. Everything I said about Jimmy Lake, I apologize. Oregon huge in this game now. Really? Yeah. I like Oregon to win this one. Uh, 
as well. Just not, I don't know if I'd say huge. Washington State can still score. Um, but I think, as I was saying, Oregon, I think, is going to get better this week because they were replacing a quarterback in week one, and they, they still scored 35 on Stanford. I think the offense is going to look a little bit more refined than it did in the early stages of that game. And the defense is as good as ever. I mean, they, they have so many guys that could go and play at the next level, especially across their defensive backfield. I like Oregon in this one. I don't know if it's big, but I do think it's one of the more intriguing games of our weekend slate. Number 13, Wisconsin at Michigan, 6.30 p.m. ABC. Jim Harbaugh needs this one desperately. One in three, Michigan does not look good. He ain't getting it. Wisconsin, listen – what has Wisconsin not been a model of consistency over the last fifteen oh, yeah. years? An assembly line. They, they, somehow they don't land any big time recruits, and they're always in the top fifteen. Same with basketball. It's the exact same one. It's an assembly line. The only sport that I can think of that they're not good at across the big three is baseball. Hey, I know recruiting rankings matter, but when you look at like when for there to never be anybody from Wisconsin in the top one fifty, like you, there's got to be some players out there that there's just nobody's looking at. Wisconsin is an example of culture. Like they have developed a culture of winning and they have like a specific way that they win. And, and you can't, you don't really know what it is unless you live up there. Like, I feel like we don't have a good grasp on what that Wisconsin culture of winning is, but they've built it. And it's obviously hard nosed and they have this way. It's the cheese head way. And Wisconsin by a lot. If, if Indiana could push around Michigan, Wisconsin should be able to push around Michigan. That's at 6 30 PM on ABC. Also at 6.30 on Big Ten Network, number 23 Northwestern at Purdue. And we typically wouldn't be picking a game like this if it wasn't for the SEC going out with four games. But Northwestern and Purdue here, they're both 5-0 and in the Big Ten. Haven't beaten anybody, but they are both 5-0. and Yeah, you don't really know who to pick here. Is the running back back for Purdue? Didn't he opt back in? Are you, tar- are you talking about Rondell? Rondell's a wide receiver. Rondell Moore? Yeah, didn't he opt back in the wide receiver? I don't know. Uh, whatever. I like Fitzgerald in this one. I like... Fitzgerald, to me, is one of my favorite coaches in, in college football. I'll take I think the, we're picking all the same. I'll, I'll take the purple and white here. As am I, and I think the difference here when you look at these two teams, so both of them have beaten every single opponent by one score or less. The difference here, though, is defense. Purdue giving up 466 yards per game, 22 points per game. Northwestern only giving up 314 total yards per game and 12 points per game. That's going to be a mark that's going to be towards the top of the country, if not at the top of the country, when you look at how college football defenses have trended this year. I think that that has a hold a lot of value in this game, so give me Northwestern, especially because defense will travel. South Carolina at Ole Miss, 6.30 p.m. SEC Network, last game. Ole Miss. We, we ran the table. We ran the table in agreement. Why Ole Miss? Will Muschamp is on the last leg right now, though. If he loses this one, he's fired in the middle of the next week, if not on Sunday. I don't know. Is this one the South Carolina? He's going to finish the year. Why? Wow. There's no benefit to finishing the year. That's what I've always wondered. Like, go ahead and get the head start on recruiting a coach. I think Ole Miss wins this one. I'm with you. The running's on the wall for Will Muschamp. I just don't know if it's going to be a midseason firing. Gamecock defense has given up 100 points over the last two weeks. A 50-piece average over the last two weeks. That's absurd. How many did Auburn score on them? 22. Mm. I know, right? Mm. But Auburn's improved a lot since that moment. But Ole Miss, yes, Ole Miss averaging, because we beat the team that, Auburn beat the team that beat South Carolina by 30. Yeah, but Auburn also lost Lost to them. Lost to the team that beat that team. But the point is that we've improved since the time that that Auburn beat South Carolina. That's the point. I think they have. You can say that they've improved. You can see that. That I uh, maybe maybe not a ton, but they've improved. What? What do we you don't mean know now? It may got erased because you know. 
two week period, but I'm not like, yeah, any bit of momentum Auburn had has just got, you know, frozen a little bit, but I just don't see how South Carolina keeps up in this one. Defense bad. Offense, not very good either. So caveman defense, bad (laughs) offense, no good. (laughs) (laughs) That does it. Defense bad. (laughs) That does it for another edition of on the line. No Gardner and Jeremy law. We'll be back with next week with you. Same time, same place. Don't go anywhere. Everybody, you know where to find us. God bless. Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net. 